We made it to the end of the week. This is the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and we are going to play a game called Beat the Clock, because my iPad that I record on is running low on the battery, and I need that lightning port to make sure that you can hear my olive oil tones in this microphone so it's going to be super fast and maybe i'll actually stay to 12 to 15 minutes the white house has decided to replace a co- the covid czar and you'll just love this guy his name is ashish jaw dean of the brown university school of public health and he's supposed to take over as COVID advisor, and he's being tasked with helping workplaces and schools cope with COVID. Oh my goodness, that is just so beautiful. Biden said Jeff Zients, and he's the outgoing director, spent the last 14 months working tirelessly to help combat COVID. He is a man of service and an expert manager. I'm sure he's also a grifter and made quite a large amount of money by doing it. So, this is what is a little bit of a background of none other than Ashish Jha. So, he was born in December 30th, uh, December 31st, 1970. He's an Indian-American general internist physician, and he is serving as the dean of Brown University School of Public Health. Previously, he was the health scholar at K.T. Lee, professor of global health at Harvard, T.H. Chan School of Public Health. I mean, how obnoxious are these names from these Ivy League schools? The faculty director of the Harvard Global Health Institute and senior advisor at the Albright Stonebridge Group. Big time warmongering think tank. How can the United States get into more wars quicker? That's what they're all about. So what did I just read? I read that even though, even though, Ashish Jha, he's got a uh, he, he's got a background from Columbia. He's got a back, he's got his medical an MD from Harvard University. He has never been a doctor or a physician that has actually seen a patient. So we'll just quickly quickly go over his career yet again. Global Health at Harvard. Faculty Director at Harvard, Senior Advisor at Albright Stonebridge, and Dean of Brown University School of Public Health. He has never seen a patient as a doctor. So why is this doctor in name only going to be in charge of health for 350 million plus Americans? Why, why, why? Because he's a grifter. He is a nobody. He is somebody that is going to be pulling the, uh, towing the line for every single Democrat loser and every single globalist Nazi out there that wants to completely subdue any kind of opposition to whatever the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization deem necessary. Hello, credit score. Hello, social credit score. Hello, not being able to do anything unless unless you abide by all of the rules. That's what they really want here, and they don't want anybody questioning the narrative. That's the big, big issue here. And if you think I'm wrong, all you have to do 
is look at what the Ukraine did today, or at least this is when the story came out. The Ukraine is now instituting something so draconian. It is called uh, DIA, or I, I assume it's called DIA, D-I-I-A. And what is that all about? Well, they even go on YouTube, and it says this application must be submitted to the DIA application. Uh, provided that you have a green COVID certificate and two doses of the vaccine. Oh, what does this sound like? Vaccine passport. Please note that the certificate obtained at the portal or a paper certificate from a family doctor is not eligible for a payment. What else is going on here? Do you understand it now? Vaccine passport, cashless society. One can now obtain a COVID certificate... At the DIA application with both an ID card and a passport booklet. Now, what is going to happen? They are now going to be giving payments through e card. I can't pronounce that. And wait for the transfer of funds to the Ministry of Economy within three days. They're going to pay you cashless credits within 10 days. Money can be spent on books, gyms, tickets to the cinema, theater, museums, concerts, and transportation. Isn't that wonderful? And this is, so what did we just have here? We had a cashless society. We had a social credit score. We had a vaccine certificate. We had a vaccine passport. What the Ukraine just did is the World Economic Forum's wet dream. They said that if you do not have a a valid COVID certificate, you will not get this app. If you do not get this app, you do not get paid your money. And if you do not get paid your money, you can't buy books, go to the gym, go to the cinema, go to the theater, museums, concerts, or you cannot ride public transportation. I would assume that very shortly, we're going to see something along the lines of you cannot buy food with unless you have this uh, passport. Now, here's the other part, because their economy is now going to start floundering. This is the last part. The money is provided for four months from the date of receipt. Why is that important? Because they want the Ukrainians to spend the money. They do not want the Ukrainians to save a dime. They want the economy uh, trying to move somewhere other than stagnation. So they're forcing people to spend whatever money is on this card within four months and if they don't spend the money within four months then they close the account so what does this mean it means that every little bit of your cashless currency has an expiration date on it and if you don't spend it within a certain amount of time you lose it that's worse than taxation this is complete and utter control and they want it everywhere across the planet And they're using the Ukraine as a testing ground to see what the citizenship of or the citizens of the Ukraine will do when faced with something like this. This kind of behavior is disgusting. It's reprehensible. And do not get me wrong. They're trying to do it here in the United States. And they won't stop until it happens. And, and, And trust me. Trust me on this, because now all of a sudden we hear from Dr. Fauci, and Dr. Fauci is all of a sudden fanning the flames of uncertainty. He's talking about, well, we may just have to do a 180 and turn right back around and reinstitute all of those COVID restrictions that we knew and loved. 
He's telling you what he intends to do over the next couple of months. You're already starting to see stories about dastardly variants of COVID that are just lurking under every rock, waiting for the opportune moment to pounce, I would suspect, right before the midterm elections, so that they can force mail-in ballots and cheat their way out of a disastrous election cycle coming up this year. So, what else is disastrous? Does everybody remember Hunter Biden's laptop, the one that I said was real, the one that a ton of people got kicked off of social media for saying it was real, including the New York Post that decided to report on it? Twitter knocked the New York Post off of its platform for reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop. The New York Times is now being forced to admit that the Hunter Biden laptop is real. And what the information that is stored on that laptop is, is in fact true. So how does this affect us? It means that the Democrat run and the globalist run mainstream media outlets purposefully hid criminal activity, including money laundering, pedophilia, incest, from the public because they wanted their chosen candidate, Joseph Biden, to win the election. This is all criminal, and all of these mainstream media outlets must be held to account. And it's finally coming out, and we're going to start to see a huge amount of backlash against these absolutely debaucherous individuals just wait, just wait until you start to read about Hunter Biden's sex life. Just wait until you start to hear about that and what you see and the amount of drugs this person did. And wait until you find out about the crimes against humanity that he perpetrated. You're going to love that. I'm not going to go into it because we're playing our favorite game, Beat the Clock, before the battery runs out on my iPad. So, does everybody remember Tulsi Gabbard? That's right. Tulsi Gabbard went through the World Economic Forum Young Leadership Program. So she is what we like to refer to as controlled opposition. She says things that sound nice, but her allegiance behind closed doors is to the globalists. She was banned from YouTube for... Say <laughs> this is so ridiculous. She was banned from YouTube for... Uh, saying that, guess what? We really shouldn't be going after the Ukraine. And they, she called uh, the United States, what did she say here? YouTube flagged the Fox News interview in which former congressman, congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard said war in the Ukraine was good for the military-industrial complex. Okay, so YouTube deemed that little statement as offensive. Oh my goodness, that is so, so offensive. And by the way, I got a warning because I post my stuff, my, just a little screenshot whenever I post a podcast on Instagram, and I got a warning saying that, are you sure you want to post something like this because we've gotten complaints in the past about posts similar to this? So, out of and, and what they were referring to was my post that I made yesterday talking about the Ukraine so, for the amount of things that I've said for over a year on this podcast, I finally get a warning for calling Ukrainians Nazis. That's what my warning was about. So, I mean, <laughs> of all the things that I've said, they really should go back into the archives and listen to everything to really get 
offended. So Gabbard continues, it's good for the military-industrial complex to prolong the war in the Ukraine and to have this proxy war with Russia, something that Hillary Clinton laid out just recently. The war machine wants to turn Ukraine into another Afghanistan, turn it into killing fields where this long-term insurgency is supported, and they bleed out and cripple and kill as many Russians as possible for who knows how long. So that's what got Tulsi Gabbard kicked off of YouTube. But somebody like Lindsey Graham, and by the way, a picture of Lindsey Graham came out with uh, war criminal John McCain and none other than Osama bin Laden in the 2004 photograph. They're all smiling together and shaking Osama bin Laden's hand. Yes, that picture has been going around, and I suspect that picture is true. Was it 2004? Mm, I don't know if it was from 2004. It could have been, but I maybe a little bit before because of 2001, and he's probably on the run. So anyway, that picture is making the rounds. Probably I'm mistaken for saying 2004. But the point is, is that Lindsey Graham can call for Putin's assassination for a third time on a national television program, and YouTube does not find that offensive in any way whatsoever. It's time for him to go, Lindsey Graham said. He is a war criminal. I wish he was talking about Joe Biden, but uh, he's not. He's talking about Putin. I wish somebody had taken Hitler out in the 30s. So, well, nobody was taking Hitler out in the 30s because everybody was supporting him. So, yes, Vladimir Putin is not a legitimate leader. He is a war criminal. Oh, is he? Graham further proclaimed that Russia is going to have zero future under Putin, and I think that the world is better off without him. The sooner the better, and I don't care how we do it. So here you go. You've got a compromised senator, because I assume that Mr. Graham has a lot of icky videos and photos of himself with other individuals of both sexes. Uh, You can just imagine Lindsey Graham crawling around on all fours and a fucking, uh, whoa, (laughs) where'd the F-bomb come from? And a a leather dog collar and a leash, and he's walking around uh, New York City or something else like that. You could just imagine that pudgy little turd uh, being some sort of cuck for some uh, large gentleman, uh, or some large dominatrix. Uh, you could definitely, you could, you could definitely assume that Lindsey Graham probably likes being begged. Uh, yes, I, I, we digress here on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, trying to determine and and uh, guess about Lindsey Graham's sex life. So. That's completely okay. To call for the assassination of another foreign leader, that's perfectly fine for YouTube. But when Tulsi Gabbard comes out and says the United States wants a prolonged war, so essentially the political elite all across the West can money launder, like I described the other day, that's that's bad. You can't say things like that because you're going to wake people up. You're going to let them know what's going on. You can't let them in on the game because all of these people will probably want to take a little piece of it. So that's that's the big deal there. You can't say things like that. That's just icky. Uh, so China is now coming out and saying, guess what? Enough is enough. And they actually did a Washington Post op-ed piece. Whoa. So the Washington Post, we all know, is nothing more than a CIA-run rag. And China came out and basically said that the U.S. is just full of it. 
absolutely full of it by saying that China is going to militarily support Russia. They came out, the China, <clears throat> China came out and say, uh, let me say this responsibly, and his name is Qin or Xin. Uh, assertions that China knew about, acquiesced to, or tacitly supported this war in the Ukraine are purely disinformation. We knew about this. We knew about this since day one. It is, once again, probable felon and criminal, uh, what's his name, Jake Sullivan from the State Department. He's out there. He just lies. He just out and out lies all the time. That's all he does. He is one of the most massive disinformation operatives out there today, and the compliant media in the United States just rolls over and accepts everything he says as gospel. They don't do any sort of journalism. They do not hold these people's feet to the fire, like your beloved host, Chris Michaels. I would. I'd rake these people over the coals. It'd be very, very simple. I'd only allow them to answer, or I would only ask, yes or no questions, because they can't squirrel their way out of it. So, the ambassador said, on Ukraine, China's position is objective and impartial. The purposes and principles of the UN Charter must be fully observed, and the uh, sovereignty and territorial integrity of these countries, including Ukraine, must be respected the legitimate security concerns of all countries must be taken seriously. And and they also made a slight against the United States. And they basically said, enough is enough. Stop. Stop with your nonsense because everybody, and I mean everybody, is over it. Uh, and finally, this is from uh, from Sputnik. They're starting. The Russians are starting to release all of the documents that they're finding about these bio labs, which are supposed to be making sure that oh, we're ma we're we're not allowing any ickiness into the populations. We're we're just making sure that any sort of biological or chemical weapons are kept under wraps and contained, so they don't infect and harm other people out in the world. Well, they're starting to release all of these documents about how this is essentially a lie. Uh, and they are giving the names of the people that signed up for or that, that authorized a lot of these projects, like Project UP8 was given $32 million. And uh, Kirillov, I think his name is, uh, on the Russian side, he said their use can be disguised as a natural outbreak of diseases, such as basically what he's saying is, is that everything in these bio labs are researched under the guise of containment when in fact what they're doing is, is making these diseases and illnesses more deadly and they are researching how to spread these diseases through various animals and their migratory patterns. That's why they wanted to study birds and bats and fleas and ticks and where they go when they're released into the environment. That's what this is all about. That's it in a nutshell. And what makes it even worse is that they catered this research to genetics. They wanted to find out what genes are in Slavic people, what genes are in Chinese people, and tailor these diseases and illnesses to their genetic structure, the very genetic structure. So this is why Kirillov says, 
A particular project received additional funding, and the deadlines for its implementation were extended. Ukrainian biolabs were also the main executor of Project P782, conducting research into the transmission of diseases through bats. Gee, where did we hear that from? A Russian RCB defense troops analysis of documents showed the Pentagon research has been going on since at least 2009. At least 2009. We know that it probably has gone back as early as 2005 under Barack Obama, or with Barack Obama, when he was Kenyan senator, under the direct supervision of U.S. specialists. So right there, the United States has dirty fingerprints all over this. And that work in this area has also been done through blah, blah, blah. The Pentagon invested $1.6 million into more research. And uh, one of the curators is DRA Chief Joanna Wintrall. Perhaps she should speak to journalists. So now they're starting to drop names. And they give the document. I'm not going to read the document because it's dry toast. It's worse than what I just read. So they're starting to give names of Americans that signed off on all of these deadly weapons of mass destruction. And what's even worse is that the United States is being more and more isolated by the day because you're having China trade uh, or, or buy Russian oil and oil products in the yuan, and you're having India buy Russian oil products in the Remnibi, I think that Rem, Remnibi, Remnibi, I, don't know, I can't pronounce it, in their local currency. This means that the United States' status as a reserve currency is on the ropes. What else does that mean? It means more inflation. It means more dollar printing. It means less buying power with the dollar. And what's even worse is that you have Russia, India, China starting to base their currencies on actual resources like gold. The United States' fiat currency is based on nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is worth about as much as the paper it's printed on. This is going to be huge, and it's going to be all part of the massive Great Reset that they're going to try and execute by 2030. Okay, that's it for me. Beat the clock. Have some battery left on the old iPad. That's it. This is the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. Watch out next week. I've been meaning to do it all week, but I haven't done it. A lot of interesting things coming out in the way of human trafficking and child trafficking, including Britney Spears dropping some information out there that is extremely damaging. Also something we've already known, but she's verifying it and validating it. And uh, massive, massive, massive child trafficking ring was busted this week. And it nabbed a judge and a lot of Disney employees. And uh, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. There are going to be some very, very famous people that are not going to get out of this kind of thing. And we're going to have to rip the Band-Aid off in the near future. So that's going to be it for me. Until next week, this is Chris Michaels for The Last Call Podcast.